Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This, uh, this text of, uh, in Romans catches us between uh, Paul's collection of, of the uh, offering for Jerusalem and his actually delivering it, as he says here. But you see what he's asking for, prayers to be delivered from uh, the Jews so that he may get to, uh, Jeru uh, uh, from Jerusalem on to Rome, where he wants to go. Uh, we know from the book of Acts that Paul, after uh, his conversion, traveled to Jerusalem with the gifts of financial support for, for the mother church from the churches of Macedonia and Achaia uh, that had been collected. And once accomplished, uh, it was Paul's plan uh, uh, to head for Spain, and from Spain he intended to travel to Rome. Uh, and such is really the substance of uh, his prayer request that we have here in Romans 15. Uh, Paul knew the dangers uh, of Jerusalem because prior to his conversion, he was a fierce enemy of the church, uh, as well as, uh, uh, and, and as, as we all know, uh, he was on his way to bring terror to Christians in Antioch uh, when he was confronted by uh, Jesus himself. And since that day, the alienation, hostility, the pharisaical caste uh, uh, against the church and against Paul in particular had grown red hot. Uh, as soon as Paul showed up in the temple in Jerusalem, he was recognized uh, and a group of Jews seized him and they were about to kill him uh, when the Roman guards came in to rescue him. Uh, the very thing that he had requested prayer uh, to avoid had come upon him. The Jews began shouting for Paul's death and as they followed the guards, the guards had taken Paul and they followed him uh, uh, they were, uh, because the guards were uh, taking uh, him to their own barracks for protection. And then against all good sense, uh, the chief of the Roman guard allowed Paul to stop and to speak to the crowd. And he essentially went through his conversion experience to Jesus, uh, and they pretty much, uh, according to the text we have, uh, listened quietly uh, until he said uh, that God was saving the Gentiles and that was like throwing uh, dry hay on a fire. The chief uh, guard uh, then decided, because there was such an uproar, uh, the chief guard decided that uh, he would uh, give the people something, uh, and he intended to publicly uh, uh, beat Paul. But he quickly stopped when he found out that Paul was a Roman citizen. You don't do that. Uh, and so Paul was taken then, from examination to examination in an attempt uh, to get him, uh, uh, to keep him alive long enough uh, to have his case uh, brought before a Roman court. Paul spent then two years uh, in prison uh, in Caesarea, and when he finally uh, appealed uh, his case to Caesar, he was sent to Rome. He did not go to Spain uh, as he had wanted to, uh, but he ended up in Rome, where he spent two years under house arrest, and then he was uh, probably executed uh, by beheading. Well, that doesn't look to me as though St. Paul got his prayer answered. Uh, certainly not uh, in the way uh, that I had in mind when I read it. Uh, what's the difference between being beaten and stoned to death by unbelieving Jews 
as opposed to being beheaded by unbelieving pagans. But not much uh, in my book. And yes, I am sure that there are plenty of clever ways to interpret the event uh, at the end of Paul's life uh, so that we might affirm that his prayers were uh, fully answered uh, as we want them to be uh, and as we think Paul may have uh, uh, meant them to be. Uh, uh, but that is where our desperation to rescue uh, Scripture, which by the way we don't need to do, uh, but it's, that's where our desperation to rescue Scripture misreads the Bible. Uh, St. Paul's horizon is very different from ours today. Ours is pretty sick. Uh, even uh, uh, what we consider sickness, what we consider neurosis uh, 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 today uh, is very different from Paul. In fact, uh, uh, there's not even a category for neurosis in St. Paul's horizon. Our horizons are often flat and colorless and ruled by self-will. Well, my horizon uh, may be my horizon, but that does not make me the center of the universe. But self-will comes in, and self-will comes in to direct prayer. Self-will declares I want when I, what I want when I want it, and I want it now. And we pray that way frequently. Uh, when it comes to grasping what St. Paul meant by prayer, and what he meant by this prayer, and, uh, and, and his uh, prayer request in particular, uh, we will not succeed, if you think about it that way, if we attempt to understand the meaning of this text through the principle of interpretation that I call the Amazon Prime hermeneutic. Uh, uh, from the Amazon uh, uh, Prime point of view, getting what I want uh, is what prayer is all about. And that raises some pretty serious existential questions for us. If I can get what I want overnight uh, from Amazon, why on earth does God make me wait? Uh, and why is it that when I tell Amazon what I want, I get what I want, and I even get to grade Amazon on how well they understood what I wanted and how quickly Amazon got it into my hands? Now, that's service. Of course, that's the problem, isn't it? Uh, uh, the problem with the Amazon uh, Prime hermeneutic uh, is uh, just that. Prayer is not a sort of mystical equivalent to placing my order with Amazon. Uh, it is true, absolutely the case, uh, that we uh, have not because we ask not. Uh, but the greatest, surest, most certain application of prayer is the prayer of the church just as we are here gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ celebrating the sacraments. There's no doubt that God accomplishes the request that we lay before him as we celebrate the sacrament of baptism. Uh, nor is there any doubt that God does what, he, what we ask in the Holy Communion uh, and of all of the other uh, sacraments. We can be sure of that. Uh, that when we knock, he answers uh, of that you can be certain. And there are a few things in this world today of which you can be certain. Uh, furthermore, it is true that God hears our prayers uh, when we bring our many petitions, whatever they be, before the throne of grace. But God is not a service provider. Uh, and and uh, the service provider of our dreams. He is the God who is God. Uh, that he is a God who loves us, 
far better than we understand or love ourselves. And he gave his son, his only son, Jesus, to be our life-giving Savior. And I submit to you that every act of love that we perform, that you perform, that I perform, that the simplest Christian in the church performs, every act of love and all our prayers leave an indelible mark. And that indelible mark is the indelible stain of Christ's life-giving blood upon this world. And that is what we're called to do in our prayers and in our life together. And St. Paul's conversion and St. Paul's life and his character of love is just one more shining example of that fact. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.